Welcome to another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. I am your host, the Packaging Pastor, Adam Peak. Today, I am going to be joined by the one, the only, Jeb the Boxsmith on TikTok. I was so impressed by this young man. I did not realize this dude is still in high school, and he is making some incredible waves in the corrugated box industry. You'll see in the interview, he didn't even know it was called corrugated. He kept calling it cardboard, and I had to, you know, I had to come correct a little bit with Jeb, but uh, Jeb is incredibly insightful. He is wildly imaginative, and I love what he is doing. So please get on TikTok, go find him at Jeb the Boxsmith. His videos are wonderful. He just did an episode with Corey Connors over at the Sustainable Packaging Podcast with Corey Connors. So make sure that you check that out as well. Let's get to this interview with Jeb the Boxsmith. Uh... All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. Uh, this is a, this is going to be fun like i think this is going to be a super fun episode i hope you get to watch it listen to it and and most importantly if you take away nothing uh y'all need to get on tiktok and follow my man jeb the boxsmith and so i'm joined by jeb here on the people packaging podcast uh welcome jeb greetings hello i'm glad to be here that's, that's fantastic i was hoping for greetings and salutations uh, Greetings so. and salutations. Thank that you. Too. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, Jeb, I had reached out because I started following you uh, on TikTok. For those of you who don't know, yeah, I got on TikTok and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like Jeb, who comes across as a as a as a professional on on the platform. Oh. Uh, so I'm I'm doing my part. I'm I'm at Packaging Pastor, but you certainly need to follow Jeb the Boxsmith. So uh, Jeb, we were talking a little bit before the the interview here and i would love to get sort of the what like what's the origin story of jeb the boxsmith you didn't probably just wake up and go i'm gonna make really cool videos out of corrugated fiberboard um <laughs> there, there's probably a history there so maybe just give a little bit of background where do you live and where'd you grow up and how'd you get into creating this kind of content Absolutely. So I was born at a very young age in <laughs> in Atlanta, Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia. I've lived here all of my life. I grew up really loving Legos and just always loved mechanically inclined kind of things. So Legos were like one of my favorite toys growing up. But even before I discovered Legos, I, I like robots and things too. So Transformers was like my first real like hyper fixation the first thing i was a serious fan of and i remember seeing like this one like it was either an episode of the 80s cartoon my dad introduced me to or it was when it was brought to life in the second movie when the decepticons had a constructor con called devastator and it was like six transformers that like combined together into one really large transformer and i was just that that blew my mind so i had my action figure toys and were like the best i could like fit them together fit them together sometimes like with strap rubber bands on them so like one would look like an arm and be on the arm of one one would look like the leg or something like that and i gotta say i'm very proud of my little self my like hand ventriloquist like skills 
unmatched. I would like hold it in a certain way. So like I had like the head between like my middle finger, like the arms, I could move like my index finger and thumb, the leg, the leg, one of the legs, I can make it like wobble back and forth with like my pinky and ring finger. So I could have my use my other hand and make it fight like the smaller transformer robot. It was a fun time. That's but, thank you. <laughs> but um, once I got into Legos, Legos were like my jam. I loved Legos so much. And after a while, when I started to get older, Legos were great for like up until I got to middle school. And I love Legos, but I realized that I wanted to get into a, a creative medium that had a little more oomph to it, something mm. with a little more substance. Because while Legos are fun, the most impressive thing you could reasonably make, at least with my skill level at the time, was only about like, say, the size of a like the size of a lamp because yeah. you know legs are finite resources and are fairly expensive so right right i have a lot of them but like there, there was only there's only but so high i could really go with that so i wanted to i was looking for a new medium for about a year and a half i experimented with different things like erector connects stuff like that it was hit and miss i enjoyed both of them but they were cool but eventually I'm not entirely remember how it started. I was, it was like the summer of my seventh grade year. I was on YouTube and I saw a tutorial by someone on how to make a, like a, like a cardboard extension of your hand that had like yarn and what's I'm looking for yarn and uh, drinking straws to act as like a uh, tendon so that you could pull it back and forth to have like an extension of your hand. You could like grab things that are like two inches farther away. And I was like, well, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Medium found cardboard. Where do I start? So like yeah. I watched the video. I like studied it a couple of times before finally plucking up the courage to grab the box cutter knife out of our, out of our storage drawer in our house and found some cardboard we had like lying around and just sort of like scrunching together materials around the house. Like we had a hot glue gun that I occasionally used for like homework projects and things at school. I didn't have many sticks because I rarely used it at the time, but it was a good start. And I followed along the, it wasn't really a tutorial. It was more of like him just like showing the, the person showing like the steps and steps and me recreating that reverse engineering it the best I could until I had a semi-functional uh, cardboard hand extension. And mm. that was really cool. The gauntlet I wear today is some like a refined homage to like the first cardboard creation I ever made. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. And uh, I'm going to send you, I wrote down a note. Uh, so I've got some friends who are at, it's called the packaging school. Uh, if you've, if you're familiar with them, they're out of uh, Clemson university and, and they, they have a t-shirt that I need, I need to get one sent to you by the way. And it says uh, it's, it's called um, corrugated, uh, fiberboard or something like that. Cause cardboard is like a, it's a common name for the type of medium you're using, but within the packaging world, it would be called like a corrugated box material. Just, just so you know, I mean, it is a packaging podcast. So I was like, all right, I'll let you know that, uh, there, there is a, there is a medium called cardboard and that would be different than what you actually use, but outside of the packaging world, it's totally appropriate to call it cardboard. Cause that's what everyone else calls it. Um, fascinating i did not know this yeah yeah you're learning something um yes. but i will uh, I, I would love to get you uh, get you one of those shirts from the packaging school because i i think you'd really dig it so you I find really that, like that you find this medium um you know cardboard or corrugated uh, fiberboard and 
and and you start to kind of build with it. This is like what middle school, early high school time period. It was my primary hobby for like the summer of my middle school year. It started off with just like the arm, but then I realized this is cool, but kind of fragile and complicated. I want to make a sword. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So I didn't follow a tutorial for the sword. I just kind of like, I know what a sword looks like. I've watched cartoons. So I just like roughly cut out like the pieces and like put them together to make a half functional sword. And this is way before I knew how to like do anything prop taught myself how to do anything properly. So it was, it was okay. It was a lovely start. I, I think I still have, it's like upstairs in my room, but it was, it was cool. I played with it with a little bits, but that's when I ran into the first major problem with building something like a prop weapon out of cardboard. Cardboard is not very impact resistant. No, it no. is. not. I mean, it, it is. If you build, if you can, there are structural engineers whose entire job is to engineer, uh, you know, shipping and, and measure impact and like drop weights and stuff like that using only a corrugated box material. So it does have some mm -hmm. impact depending on how it's made, but you're right. Once you cut it all up and slice it and dice it and make it into a sword, because my kids do it all the time obviously i'm in the packaging industry and it's just like one hit and it's like well was, there goes that sword now we need to exactly. make another one exactly and that was the problem i found myself with so then i was like oh well that's a bummer and i don't remember entirely how it happened but i saw one video it might have been for a different medium but this guy put like like a metal rod inside of the cardboard sword and i was just like <laughs> mind blown but I didn't have any metal rods or anything like that. So I looked around the house for stuff I could find. Uh, I Since it was approximately the right length for the job, I found like a plastic hanger that we had in the house. I took some wire cutters I had and like cut off like the hanger parts. So it was just like the 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 singular, what's I'm looking for? Just straight little flexible beam of, of, of plastic. Uh -huh. And I... I opened up the sword I made from like the middle part. So it was like two halves and I like surgically inserted the, the hanger piece. I glued it back together. And then suddenly the sword had structural integrity. Again, I could hit it with something and it would immediately bend in half. And I was just right. like, this, this is the boxsmithy equivalent of the discovery of fire right here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that but at this time you weren't calling it boxsmithing, right? You were just not at like, all. I'm going to make things that I find around the house. Correct. Got it. Got it. That's cool. Um, and so did this, did this build and grow kind of like Legos? Like you start with the Duplo and then you build into some, and you know, eventually you're, you're making a DeLorean. It's like, Oh wow, that was really cool. And then, and like you said, you kind of hit a, hit a mark where you're not, you're going to keep growing. So it did, did it continue on? Uh, like you just kept getting more and more complicated then from it the sword? Was, well, yes and no. It was on and off. After the success of that first sword, I tried making more swords and more swords. One, I think it was the one I worked on just after that. We had just, yes, I remember. I had just gotten a bunk bed for Christmas that year. And my grandfather was kind of to assemble the bunk bed, but there was like, you know, the box that it came in. And you're, you could probably tell me what this is exactly called so I can, you know, find a reliable way to purchase stuff because I love it. There was this extra thick type of cardboard that was like bent in like a, a, a 90 degree angle. And it was yep. like, there wasn't much of it, but I had never 
encountered cardboard that was so durable. And I was just like, I have to make a sword out of this. <laughs> and it was, it was quite the undertaking because I hadn't learned yet that you need to keep your, your blade sharpened. I just grabbed, you know, the box card that was just in our, in the drawer of our house. Right. So I remember because sometimes I watch, sometimes I watch like cartoons or TV or something like that while I'm working. I remember I had like, this was around the time I got into anime. So I was like watching Naruto, the show. And it was like an arc where there was a character, Zabuza, who was using a sword. And that was like my motivation. It's like, he's awesome with the sword. I'm just like hacking away at this, at this, at the middle part of this um, cardboard piece. I'm like, this will be the coolest sword ever. I must have a sword. I'm watching the ninja. I'm watching the ninja show. They've got swords. I need to have an awesome sword of my own. Yeah. So I remember it taking so long to like, like cut through that height of that middle part so I could like bend it in half so it was you know like like a blade I remember like having to like put my weight entire weight I like I was on I didn't have a work table yet so I was just like I was just uh I had to like put my knees on top of it just like put as much of my body weight on top of it to like finally make it bend into place and after like took like honestly like a couple of days I finally did it and it was glorious man that was very rewarding yeah, so I, I don't know the exact industry term for that. I want to say it's called a V-board or it's like it's edge protector is what it is. So you'll find it a lot in, uh, uh, do you follow a guy? His name's Corey Connors. He's at Corey Gated on, uh, on TikTok. If you don't, I need to connect you all up, but he could probably, you, you, would, you would thoroughly enjoy visiting one of their warehouses and just seeing all of the edge protector and, corrugated material and stuff that they have but um so Corey, if you listen to this let us know what's that called i would i think it's called v-board or some sort of edge protector but yeah it's really really rigid um it's and it, it's meant to provide a, a a level of protection either internal inside of the box or external on the outside of a pallet makes total sense yeah v-board that makes v-board and corrugated spelled c-o-r-y Yep, C O R Y G A T E D. Uh, he's nice. on. He's on TikTok. Uh, he's been my. He's my like my TikTok sensei. Um, I just talk with him, and he helps me figure stuff out. Uh, we all oh, need you one. You mentioned we do. You mentioned you uh, watched the hundredth episode of the podcast, and Corey was there, so he was one of the people that I had on. Uh, uh, yeah. On, on okay. the hundredth episode, so good friend of mine. Definitely need to connect up with him. But let's get back to you. So there in at Excuse what me. point in time do you do you transition to making these just like pieces of art that you that you create? And it's not it's not even the the creation of it, but the invitation into the process and the way that you visually create it is 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 as if not more impressive than the actual creation. So when when did that idea sort of come around? Because you're a student now still, right? Like you're not that's true. I'm a senior in high school. Yeah. And and what's it called again? The new school? That's correct. It's just the new school of Atlanta, which I like is is perfectly <laughs> appropriate. Like I want to be in the I want to be in the meeting room when everyone is looking around and going what are we going to name this new school? And someone just goes, how about we just call it the new school of Atlanta? And they're like, sold next agenda item. <laughs> Shout out to Peter James and Mary Campbell. Thanks for four years. 
Yeah, yeah. Peter, Peter, James, and Mary Campbell. Yes. All right. And is is the school like a, a school where like creativity is encouraged? And did this come about? And was this encouraged by your by your teachers? I mean, the what? school absolutely does foster and creativity. Funny enough, it was actually in my school's entrepreneurship class that my business was born. Awesome. And it's, when was that? As a what you what were you a freshman, sophomore, junior? I was a junior. Entrepreneurship is a class that all of the juniors take. And in order to pass the class, you have to create at least a theoretical business. And you have to re reach like search certain requirements for it. Um, like you need to like have an actual business plan for it. You need to know like what you're going to sell, what you're going to do. Um, we, my, uh, my teacher was a, was a woman named Trish Miller. She's gone to do super cool stuff. Like she has a, she has a company called swim kids and she's working with, uh, she's working with people to create a, a swim cap that you can, that you can, um, that you can wear and, it, and it, so your hair won't get messed up when you're swimming. I think she got like a I partnership. I don't with... have that problem. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the target audience. <laughs> right. But she's awesome. She taught me a lot about things like that. I think she got a deal with Nike recently. That's super cool for her. That's Shout amazing. out to Trish. Good job, Trish. <laughs> but um, what I was saying, uh, the class had a couple of requirements, things like that. And initially, I didn't know what I was going to do because at this time, I had tried to do box smithing as like being an online personality, doing things with cardboard. I tried my hand on YouTube at like three different occasions. None of them worked. I even tried to like start a commission commission shop on OfferUp of all platforms. What is this? What is it called? OfferUp. It's a it's a it's basically like eBay but for local stuff. Oh, okay. And I was, so you were like a like a local Etsy shop or something, something like that, without knowing how Etsy worked yet. But all right, all right. I tried my hand at all of those; they did not go so well. So I wasn't really eager to like be like, you know, what I'm going to do for this entrepreneurship project. I'm going to try this again, but um, that's not that's not at least initially how it went. It just started off with me thinking of a couple of different things. I had like one idea for like a software storage warehouse, something or another. It 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 was, it was overcomplicated and way not design not 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 for that kind of project but i always had carbon on the mind because uh it was something that i genuinely enjoyed doing all the times i've done i've been out of practice i hadn't really done it like most of my time in high school except for the couple of instances where i tried to do it on youtube and it mm -hmm. and it didn't really work so well but eventually i was just like ugh, fine i literally have nothing better to do let's let's give cardboard another chance <laughs> and that's when i started i had created i created the name boxsmith a little bit before when i was trying it for the last time before it didn't work so i already had a good name boxsmithing which is the name i created because like okay this this is something i do I, I i need something that rolls off the tongue better than making cardboard crafts when i describe what it is that i do which right, is cool right. and accurate to what i do but it's not catchy it doesn't really have a ring to it and it right. just came to me boxsmith thank you I, god boxsmith and that was that was how i came up with this i already had the name so now it's just like okay so what does what does the what does the boxsmith business do what is as i've the, the legal name for my business boxsmith workshop do mm. so that's what i had to figure out for the project in the course and this i didn't even have like online influencing or anything like that on the brain yet i just knew 
okay, business, cardboard, cardboard guy, what, what are we doing? It wasn't until my teacher had one of the requirements be gain 50 followers on social media, you know, teaching us about marketing, things like that. One of yeah. the requirements for my final, for my final assessment was I need to have and prove I had 50 followers on a social media platform. So with the nature of the business I had, which I would make and sell templates and things like that for making stuff out of cardboard, uh, the rough draft force a little bit of what I'm getting back into now, but, um, that was the initial plan and you had to make 50 followers on a social media platform if you're choosing and i chose instagram to start that seemed like the most wise path for what i was trying to do because you get a little bit of the uh show off what you're doing side you could also incorporate excuse me incorporate a shop well enough at the same time right and that works well enough it was kind of funny because uh the whole 50 followers requirement was not really well received by a lot of my classmates so we all like conspired together and like reached out as a team to a follow each other on for all of our business that already dropped jumped us up like to like 20 right. and then everyone who had a network to anybody were like hey follow me and my classmates here's an entire list of like 40 ads in your story follow every one of them you're like make it you're like making free gmail accounts so that you can set up another instagram page that you can follow your own thing and there you go yeah 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 a lot of my some of my friends even like had pre-existing instagram accounts with 50 or more followers and just simply like changed the name of their account to their business and then started posting things about their business stuff which i was like solid strategy yeah but i i i kind of like i've kind of grown attached to what i'm doing here so i created a new account because i knew if this was going to actually go anywhere i wanted to have a good work-life separation kind of thing Mm -hmm. that's also part of the reason why i I wear goggles and don't use my actual name. Yeah. Because it helps in addition to, you know, preserving privacy, it also helps me better differentiate work and life. So yeah. I created a new account with the help of my classmates and other people I knew I, I knew and a couple of people actually found me organically. Shout out to like my first couple of followers on Instagram. Um, I met the 50 follower requirements and seeing as I still wanted to go somewhere with this cardboard business of mine, I thought, you know, why don't I, I have a little character here, a cute little character called, you know, Jeb the Boxsmith. He, he makes stuff out of cardboard. Why don't I try my hand at another platform, see if I get better growth there. And on a, my dad actually suggested TikTok to me because I was thinking about staying on Instagram and going to YouTube. My dad was like, hey, TikTok's TikTok's pretty cool. You should you should try your hand at TikTok. I was like, I mean, I guess why not? What, what, the what, opposite, though, isn't it normally like wh- when I got onto it is because my 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 teenage son was like, no, dad, you should try TikTok. And I'm like, am I hashtagging? Is that what's happening? What's going on in TikTok? But, yeah, my uh, father- your dad seems like a cool dude. He's like, no, 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 you got it. You got to try TikTok. Was he on it before? you? Absolutely. He is very tech savvy. He he has dabbled with them a couple of times before. Uh, so he recommended it to me. He's he he know he he works a lot in tech and things like that. So he knows just by the circles he follows that TikTok is really good for this kind of thing. So he strongly suggested I at least give it a try. So I was like, yeah, all right, sure, why not? Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing though. So I went to my little sister who actually had been using the app a lot more than I do because I had TikTok for a minute. I downloaded, I had it for a couple of days. It wasn't really my thing. It's like a browsing kind of thing. So right. 
I would little practice with TikTok. I had no experience with TikTok culture at the time, being on as a viewer, let alone being on as a influencer. So mm -hmm. I went to my sister. She she would make these videos, uh, pr these private videos that she'd make of like documenting like family family journeys and ventures and things like that. It was a cool thing. So she already had experience with how the software works and how to like make and edit videos. So my little sister sensei, she gave me a nice crash course on how TikTok worked and everything like that. And from there I posted, eh, to start, my first video was actually a, I was looking for celebration of Star Wars day because I'm a huge nerd. It was May the 4th and <laughs> in the video, so May the 4th in addition to being Star Wars Day is also the official birth on TikTok, at least of uh, Jeb the Boxsmith. Jeb the Boxsmith. All right. Correct. I'm not. And, I'm, I'm a packaging fan. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't like I've I've I mean, I'm so I'm a kid of the 80s. Like I was born in 1980. I should be a big Star Wars fan because that was my like, that was what my generation of people enjoyed. Right. I just wasn't into movies until like the mid to late 90s i just didn't care and so i never i like i missed it all and my kids are bigger star wars fans than i am i'm like wait what's happening in this one like is wait, is that luke or han they're like ah, you need to know this stuff i'm like i'm so sorry when is, is when does harry potter come in uh i'm just uh that, that's so I, I i will celebrate may the 4th as the birthday of jeb the boxsmith I appreciate it. Yeah. It yeah, is really cool how Star Wars has stayed relevant for like two, the span of like two generations. No it's doubt. Really cool how like I'm actively able to participate in and have new Star Wars content, just like my, my father and my mother did, just having like the original of it. It's like we, 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 we complain about the, the sequel series. It's hit or miss, but, um, things like Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett and the, mm -hmm. the conclusion of the, the uh, excuse me the clone wars tv series just masterful works of fiction i'm very blessed that i live in a world where i'm able to you know see and appreciate this so i did i did love the mandalorian i haven't gotten into the book of boba fett yet we watched the first one but like we watched it as a family i was like this show is unbelievable so i agree like i i really appreciate the the writing and the storylines and the arcs and the uh, like in the cinematography like it's all it's all great. Like I'm not, I'm not a star Wars hater. I just, people assume wrongly that I really love eighties culture. And I'm like, I watched basketball and the, I had hammer pants and loved the fresh Prince of Bel-Air and saved by the bell. Like that was it. That was all pop culture was for me <laughs> in, during that time. Um, but okay. So May the 4th, you launch on TikTok. Let's right. get back into this thing or else we'll, we'll rabbit trail forever. Of course. Um, <laughs> you launched on TikTok on May the 4th. In what year? That was 2021. Okay. So you're not even a full year as of this recording. You're not even a full year into your TikTok journey. That is correct. Man, uh, you're, you're like... You're like Jedi master in my, in my book already. So. <laughs> it's uh, funny. I like view my, I like view like the tiers of my, of, of success and like where I'm trying to, the, the ladder for what I'm trying to go a lot. Like 
I love this one anime called One Piece, and it's about pirates and everything like that. They're like different tiers of pirates that the story progress. You have your base level pirates. There's an organization, the first level antagonists that are like really big threats called the Warlords of the Sea. And then a tier above them, you have like the, the Yonko. They were like the top tier four emperors of the sea. And I consider like a I consider myself to start to be like a you know base level east blue rookie like just starting out but once i cross that threshold of a hundred thousand that's why i like call like okay now i'm on like a bona fide warlord of the sea everything from like here till like say a million that's like my okay this is like the kind of grouping that i'm in right now this is like serious stuff i'm getting to like the bigger i hit a hundred thousand i can call myself a warlord of the sea in my eyes yes absolutely i'm here for it i'm i'm gonna <laughs> take that i can't i can't wait for that day when i can go live on tiktok and be like i've done it but warlord of the sea and uh <laughs> so it, i don't even know where you're at like i don't know all of your like tiktok stats or anything but that's cool um the, and, and so that's kind of where you're at right now but you're looking at it like i mean i i was telling my son i'm like you know there's a billion users on tiktok or over a billion users globally like he's like wow that's a lot i'm like i don't think you quite understand how much a billion is like if you have a million followers on TikTok, that's what, like 0.1% of all users on TikTok. You're not even at a percent. Is, do I have my math right on that? Like That is, I never thought about that, but you're right. It's not that a is. lot. I mean, it feels like a lot. Like, oh my gosh, if I had a million followers on TikTok, like sweet. Right, of course, you put, you put a million people in front of you. That's that's a lot of people. It feels like a lot. And but given the given the breadth of the platform, I think that's what is leading to a lot of its just insane the insane growth trajectories is just there's so many people on there. I mean, I have people follow me because because the packaging industry is is a global, it's a trillion dollar global industry. And these are probably things that you didn't know when you got into and and began your journey in box smithing, but it is it is a massive it is a massive global industry this podcast is listened to on over 70 different countries uh and and because packaging is used everywhere literally in every continent everywhere packaging is used as a medium to transport stuff to sell stuff to make stuff you know to it's 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 used in all sorts of different different ways so uh you know welcome to the uh what was the pirate what was the name of the pirate thing that that warlord of the sea yeah welcome to pack the packaging industry you are now officially a warlord of the sea in the packaging industry <laughs> let's go yeah <laughs> um that's really man, that's, cool that's awesome uh well what so let me just kind of wrap this up here with number one for those of you who don't know like jeb and i have never spoken really until this exact moment so a lot of the stuff is like i didn't realize you were a senior in high school dude that's that true amazing and you've got I love the fact that your school is teaching about creativity and entrepreneurship and and so understanding social strategies like that is the next wave of preparation for and quite candidly what I think we all need is is people like yourself who are who are building and learning and creating and growing and challenging and I think it's awesome um and you you have have you monetized this in a in a real tangible way or is that still part of your your journey that is for the most part still part of my journey because you know i'm not 18 yet i actually turn 18 this saturday funny enough so after 
after that, I'm able to like actually apply for monetization on platforms like TikTok and YouTube, you know, oh, legally. Okay. So that's pretty cool. But even before that, I've had workarounds of way to make a little bit of money. Uh, I scored a sponsorship deal uh, to it. This to I've, I've worked with them twice now. This company called Dobo Rug. They are the manufacturers of one of my favorite video games called Clone Drone: The Danger Zone. And when I when I was uh, hovering around like. 50,000 followers, I saw that they were in fact on TikTok. I was like, hey, cool. One of my favorite uh, game development companies is here. So I saw their videos. They're cool. They were like a little bit above me. They're at like 60 something thousand followers at the time. I was like, hey, uh, you guys do sponsorship deals? And then I get DM'd by uh, their social media manager, Josh. And he's like, hey, cool. Sounds like a good idea. What you have in mind? I'm just like, <laughs> okay, okay, this is, I don't know. Is, <laughs> exactly so i was like okay um reel it in reel it in, reel it in be professional yes um i reached <laughs> out to you for i would like to partner with you for creating perhaps one of the armaments from your video game out of corrugated what's the fancy fiber board <laughs> corrugated fiber board <laughs> it was like chill what'd you have in mind so yeah, yeah, yeah. we negotiated <laughs> <laughs> we um we negotiated and everything like that and i ended up making one of the more impressive weapons from their game the the hammer and he uh, actually paid me to do it it was really cool and it was it's arguably it's one of it's my it's it's my it's one of my top three favorite things i've ever built and it is easily the most intricate thing i've built it has the most fine-tuning level of detailing because you know i was paid a I was paid a nice sum of money to make it. So, you know, I had to make sure it looked good and everything yeah. like that. But it was also, it is to being a great exercise in, you know, initiative and, you know, just expanding my skill and learning how to boxsmith. It was also a mixture of success and failure. And what I learned from it was interesting because I made the coolest box hammer I could possibly make. And then I, I posted about it on on my channel and it did poorly like a video of me making uh like an axe from god of war got like fifteen thousand views and then i posted this video about this hammer and it got like two thousand in like the same mm. time and like two thousand is you know that's a that's a healthy amount of people but in the grand scheme yeah i was paid for with the expectation that it would you know be like in the 10,000 plus tier that, you know, most of my stuff does. Right. So that was, that was a bit defeating to me because like, okay, that was cool. But like, I almost feel like I don't deserve the money because it didn't do nearly as well as I expected it to. And that made me feel some type of way. But then, but the, the team were in high spirits. They still, they, they still love me. They still love the, um, the thing that I made and we were on good terms about it. So it was mostly just like, my own perfectionism that was my perfectionism standard of what's looking for my own expectation for quality for the things that I do. Yeah. But then I reached out to them a couple of months later in December, in, uh, I think it was November. And I was like, Hey, would y'all, uh, y'all want to work together again? They're like, sure. What'd you have in mind? I was like, yes. So <laughs> this time around, I made something a lot, a lot smaller. Uh, we would negotiate that since it was the holiday season, they wanted me to make an, a little ornament that people could build for one of their for one of their characters the, okay. the garbage robot and i was like 
Easy. I haven't made a successful template in several months. Easy. So, <laughs> um, that really drove me to like, okay, I need to refine this structure for making templates and everything like that. So I made the robot out of cardboard. I made the template. I did, I spent like a week fine tuning it. I made it the best I could. And it was, it was really cool. This was the first time I actually made a template I was happy with because even at the start of the business, I mentioned initially when it was a school project, I would make and sell like templates and things like that. But all the templates I made, they were, they were not great. It, it took like seven trials, maybe not, at least seven to 12 trials before I got to the point where I was working on the, the garbage bot one so with the extra stakes of this is something being paid for and expected to do well i was like okay so let's really like refine all of this so right. i made the template i printed it and cut it out the main problem with the old templates is just they were just they just weren't fun to make like they they executed the job properly but they weren't enjoyable to assemble mm. that garbage bot was the first one i made that i felt was enjoyable to assemble so i was like okay this this is better i feel i feel good about about presenting this so I made that I, 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 and I posted, I posted it, but there was a problem. I had not been active on TikTok for almost that entire month because it was final season and I had to crack down right. and like study for everything like that. So my engagement was at a noticeable lower than when I initially proposed the, the offer. So I was like, okay, I'm not trying to have a repeat of last time. So I need to do something that ups hype and engagement before I post this thing. Cause the last thing I needed for it to do is fail a second time. Right. So what I did is on a whim, I quickly filmed a video of me, just like being of me explaining like he, Hey, hello. This is how you boxsmith things. Boxsmith gets super cool, super fun, super easy. It was sort of like an intro to boxsmithing. I think that's what I call it. Intro to boxsmithing. And I post, I made that and I launched that video. Like, three hours before I launched the template one. And I, at the end of the, here's how to box with video, there's a plug for the, the garbage bot template saying like, I'm dropping another video later today on how to build this cute little ornament. So follow, so you don't miss that. Right. And I posted first the how to boxsmith, and then later the, the, the template video, how to boxsmith. Okay. Well, first off, first off, it did good because the how to boxsmith video, it's, it did what it was supposed to do. It garnered hype and support and the template video, it, it did well. It did significantly better than its big brother. And even today it's hovering at, let me check it really quickly. It's at one second. Here we are. It is at. The, this is the robot video. 20, yes. The robot video, the ornament video. It's currently at almost 20,000 views. Awesome. So that is significantly better than what the other one did. Right. So I felt a lot better about that one. I felt like, okay, yes, this, this, is, this is Requiem. This is excellent. So um, it did well. But in addition to that, it had the added bonus of that How to Box with Hype video I made beforehand is currently one of my most successful videos. It is quickly approaching a million views i'm just like well how about that this thing almost didn't exist <laughs> right right that's and awesome. funny enough it's been the video that's directly garnered the attention of a couple of mutuals i was reached out to by a couple of other people in the cardboard craft making side of tiktok box handman and hector sector wait there's are... a whole side of tiktok that involves 
boxsmithing? Either boxsmithing directly or just the realm of craft of craftsmanship okay. with corrugated corrugated. Yeah. Yes, corrugated craftsmanship. I like that term. I might use that. You should you can totally do it. Thank you. Corrug corrugated craftsmanship. Yeah. So you have Hector Sector, who is a who is an artist who's most known for uh his giant cardboard head it's a like a cartoonish thing but like it's like oh, rendered okay. in real life he, really cool person and boxhand man he's a twitch streamer and his whole backstory is that a wizard cursed his hands to be made out of cardboard so now he vows, vows revenge but also plays video games and things like that and both of them i had known of their existence beforehand because i looked for hey are there other cardboard uh corrugated craftsmen on this keep platform cardboard it's fine like it's no, no, no. I know. I'm just saying, I like corrugated craftsman sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> so are there other corrugated craftsmen on this platform so I can find, you know, mutuals competition and everything in between. Right. And I found those two that I found those two that way. They're like, hey, these two, these, these two do really good stuff. But then they found me through that video. And now we're, we're not, and now we're mutuals. So that's, that's super cool. That's amazing. Well, I, I think what you're doing is awesome. I love the the excellence that you do put into your to your craft. I think it's great. Uh, I I I think you've got just an an incredible amount of runway in front of you. You know, as we talk about not only on a platform, but even just the the thought. Like I I'll give you an example. So I I just got I got my MBA um, during during COVID. And it was all through a mobile phone. It's called Quantic School of Business and Technology. And when they were interviewing me, they, they said, well, are you at all concerned at the fact that we don't have a recognizable name as an MBA? And I was like, no, I want people to appreciate the fact that I have a full-time job and five children in the middle of COVID. And I found a creative way to get an MBA using my, using my cell phone instead of having to go and pay a bunch of money. And, and they were like, oh, I, that's awesome, right? Like it's the pr the creative process of accomplishing something is is equally as valuable as the thing that you're actually creating oftentimes. So I my, agree more. my process of getting an MBA, like your process of your entrepreneurship class and creating and listening to your dad, which is just the best advice I can give to anybody. <laughs> Maybe not anybody, yes. but my kids, if you listen to this ever, if you ever listen to this podcast, uh, take Jeb's advice and listen to your dad. Um, but I just, I love it, man. I think it's great. I think it's awesome what you're doing. Uh, we're, we're at the end of our time here on the podcast. So uh, what is, I mean, Instagram was how I kind of reached out to you. Obviously, I found you on TikTok. Are, are you primarily now focused on building t on TikTok? Or are you doing both uh, Instagram and TikTok? How would people get and and you have merchandise you've got some cool i do have merchandise well. yes so why don't you plug all of that stuff sure hello final goodbyes and everything like that i am jeb the boxsmith thank you for having me you can follow me on tiktok that's where i primarily occupy jeb the boxsmith um i have a website boxsmithworkshop.com i have a discord server where you could like meet other people who like work with cardboard and things like that that's there's a link to that in my bio on tiktok i will one day further expand to YouTube. I've seemed to have quite the following there, I've, I've noticed. So that's coming soon. But yeah, primarily to reiterate, find me on TikTok at Jeb the Boxsmith. I have a website where you can buy merchandise and templates for things to make. That's boxsmithworkshop.com. And 
follow me on YouTube too, because I really want to get into that as well. And that's just the YouTube channel, Jeb the Boxsmith. Type me, just Google search Jeb the Boxsmith. You'll likely find a lot of this stuff. That makes it <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah, there's probably not, there's probably not multiple Jeb the Boxsmiths out there. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> uh, well, Jeb, I'm, I'm happy to know you play play even the smallest part in your, in your journey. Um, I know you've got great things in front of you. Thanks so much for coming on uh, this, the packaging podcast. And I can't wait to connect you up with some other people within the packaging space that uh, will we'll probably want to participate in some of the stuff that you're making as well. So make sure you guys all reach out to Jeb, connect up with him, follow him. Uh, he's, doing, he's doing some really great stuff, Jeb. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This has been a fun time. For sure. Hey, that wraps up another edition of the People of Packaging podcast. It would mean so much if you would like and share, rate, review, subscribe, because we want to change the world because we believe that packaging is awesome.